Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. With the second pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. You know what? I'm going to give it everything I have. You know, I worked uh, as hard as I could for this moment, and uh, there's not another team I'd want to play for besides the Jets. So I'm going to give it everything I have, and we're going to be a special team, baby. We're going for the Super Bowl. Oh, they'd love to hear that. All right, you're a Utah boy, born there, raised there, went to school there. How are you going to fit in to the Big Apple? Yeah, you know, just like every uh, a new, new situation that comes up in my life, I'm going to get everything I have. I'm going to, you know, find a new brotherhood and, and be able to, to connect with those guys and get everything I have with them. They must be thrilled in New York. Congratulations. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Split story of the day brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Well, stop it. Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. Tanner, there's the sound of Zach Wilson being taken second overall last night in the NFL draft. Not news if you've been, you know, getting on a computer in the last six months. Uh, It was expected that he'd go number two to the New York Jets. The Jets, we need to dive into and get your opinion on they as a franchise here in a moment. But you know Zach really well. You were teammates with Zach once upon a time. Uh, and uh, you, you, you and Zach kind of had similar career arcs. In fact, you have ties to Boise. He has t- ties to Boise. You guys have a lot in common. Your reaction to Zach Wilson being the number two pick in the NFL, that, that's when you stop and think about it, that's really, really cool. It really is. What a moment for him, his family, also for BYU, the football program as a whole. I mean, I think two years ago, no one in Utah would have predicted this. I mean, I, I, I've I, just the other day, when I, I, yesterday, I mentioned how on this show two years ago in 2019, you asked me, Gordon and Jake asked me about what I thought about Zach compared to Tyler Huntley, compared to Jordan Love. And granted, at that time, Utah, Tyler Huntley was having an amazing season, statistically one of the best in the nation. Jordan Love was already getting NFL hype. And and they asked, you, they asked me about... Uh, who has the highest potential as far as the highest ceiling NFL caliber potential. And I went with Zach be, just based on what I'd seen. It wasn't just because he was my friend or because he was my teammate. I, I was trying to give an honest assessment based on talent, based on capability. And, uh, and I knew he had the potential, but I, but no one knew, I think maybe number two pick overall. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's pretty high praise. And I mean, that's, it's unprecedented, especially for BYU. I mean, the highest pick before Zach was Ezekiel Onset, number five to the Lions. Um, Which it, no one saw that happening it, either when it, he stepped on another, campus. Another kind of uh, yeah, out-of-nowhere story. But yeah. with, with Zach, I mean, you have to give him credit because since he was a kid, he's kind of been overlooked. He was a late bloomer. He developed late. He, didn't, he wasn't a highly heralded recruit. Uh, was committed to Boise State. Kalani and staff helped flip him to BYU. Uh, obviously because, you know, he had, he knew he'd have an opportunity to play and compete. Um, but, I mean, that first those first two years at BYU were not easy. I mean, it, 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 there were some growing pains. I mean, I, that, that 2018 season, my senior year, it was a new staff, new team. We were still trying to figure out who we were, uh, who what our identity was. 2019, it wasn't a great season for Zach. I mean, a lot of people were doubting that uh, he was even going to be able to have a, a successful college career. But then really he, he kept kept at it. 
the team kept at it. That's that's the biggest thing is the team got better. The system got better. They they really adapted and evolved. Credit to Coach Roderick, Coach Fessy Satake, and Kalani for really changing things and for developing this team to help this team shine in 2020. They put Zach in a position to succeed, and he was able to show his talent, to show his ability. I knew he had it. I knew I, I saw it from day one. But as you know, it, it's not about just having talent. You have to be in a position. Uh, you have to be in a system that allows you to thrive. And they BYU created that. He thrived. He he showed what he could do. And then the NFL NFL world took notice. And here he is, number two overall pick. Congrats to him and congrats to BYU. I'm glad you brought up that fact that you had picked Zach because that had, that had escaped my memory. Uh, because at the time, I was one of those in that in that weird uh, minority as well where uh, I I had it ranked Jordan Love, Zach Wilson, Tyler yeah. Huntley, and I was completely ridiculed. And at the time, I got it. I, I understood because Tyler was on fire. He had really improved his game. He had really turned things around. And and it, but you went with Zach, and every that's right. Everyone was like, "Really? Is this just the Homer pick? Is this yeah, just exactly. the teammate thing?" It totally, and I totally understood that. But here's the thing: when you watch him play, when you look at how he composed how he, how composed he is in the pocket the throws that he makes his arm talent his athletic ability i mean in 2018 as a 18 19 year old kid he was hurtling dudes and just kind of showing some abilities that were were pretty special and and then um you know i saw him up close and personal in the film room how much of a film geek he was just how much he studied how much he prepared how much he loved the game um and i saw just some some i guess hints of Aaron Rodgers, kind of Patrick Mahomes, like the way he could throw sidearm, he could throw even like underhand, he could throw moving left, throwing across his body. I mean, he could do a lot of special things and make really tough throws look really easy. Kind of like what we see now at the at the NFL level, the kind of the, the mold that the NFL teams are looking toward is kind of like a Patrick Mahomes or a, a Josh Allen or a Russell Wilson, uh, you know, kind of mobile athletic quarterbacks who can make all the throws and I and I saw that and I and I I love Jordan Love I mean he's mechanically I mean he he throws a great ball he he's really polished really sharp and and uh, you know I, I think he's got potential and that's that's why I have to give a caveat to these projections because no one knows it's it's still so early uh obviously we don't know how things will pan out for for all three of these guys but as far as the actual potential um you know I think that assessment of Zach Wilson having that ceiling um is holding up pretty well, and I think NFL teams are noticing it as well. Yeah, and, and it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, I didn't see him being a first-round pick when he started out uh, and then eventually worked it, but I never saw him being a top-five guy. You mentioned last season and how much that took him from this fringe first-round, second-round uh, NFL prospect to now being the second overall pick. How much of last season – was a true representation of what he can do, and how much was it the competition was in a pandemic year and you were playing whoever you could whenever you could? Well, really, it was a perfect storm for, for Zach, if you're Zach, because now here they were. They were in their third year in that system with that coaching staff, which it takes three years to really get a team up to speed to, to be firing in all cylinders. So that, that's piece number one. Piece number two is the guys around him were much more developed and just more experienced you know all those guys that he played with his offensive line his receivers his running back a lot of the defensive players were guys that I played with in 2018 they were freshmen sophomores then so now here they are three years later they're they're seniors juniors are seniors a lot of upperclassmen they just have much more experience they're stronger they're bigger they're faster 
And then piece number three is, yeah, lighter schedule, which as much as people might want to hate, it helps mm -hmm. because it allows you, one, to gain confidence and two, to shine. Uh, and so Zach really, you know, he worked really hard to better himself and then the team also as well. And you put that together uh, against the schedule they had, they could really go out and just dominate people and yeah. destroy people. And, and by doing that, kind of, you know, put the spot the spotlight on them and, and, you know, teams were taking notice. Not as many teams were playing, so they were on TV more. Uh, and, and I think NFL scouts saw what he could do. Despite the lack of tough competition, look at the eye test. Look at how he... Just look how he throws. Look how he plays out there. Look at the way he throws. Look at the throws he makes. Whether it's against a good team or a bad team, you can tell if a quarterback has the juice, if a quarterback can spin it. And I think you can tell that with Zach right away just by watching him. Yeah, I, every time I think about uh, I find myself going down that road of, yeah, but look at who they played last year, which Gordon Doc talks about that all the time, that it may not be a true representation of the hardest competition. But then I stop myself and go, well, hold on. Jordan Love had a – pretty terrible compared to relative to what he was supposed to do final year utah state and still there were uh, nfl scouts at every game every practice always around and, and and whenever you'd ask any of them they'd say no he could throw nine picks today we saw what we want to see we like what we see it was the same with josh allen all oh, good point yeah josh allen's uh junior year or maybe sophomore year and then he went out as junior but his second to last year lit it up and that's that's where he got all that NFL hype, similar to Jordan Love. But then his, his, but then once the hype was on him, he didn't perform as well. I think Josh Allen's completion percentage was in the fifties. I think so. In, in yeah. His last year at Wyoming, I mean, it, he didn't have a great year, but again, they could see the potential. They could see his ability, his size, his arm, and I think it's it's similar with Zach, except in this case, Zach had saved his best for last, and he really did just come out firing. And but. Not, more than anything, he showed his he showed his progress in the decision making side of the game. Uh, he took care of the ball. He was smart with it. He you know he he just he, he just looked more in control, looked more polished, looked more uh, composed. And uh, and and obviously it helps having the support staff around him against a lighter schedule, which he's not going to get in the AFC East. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, with the Bills, the Dolphins, the Patriots, I mean, those are some tough teams that he's he's going to have to face twice a year. And obviously the Jets are rebuilding, and they don't have the greatest support staff around him. Uh, but you know, I bet I think there's potential for it. We can talk about that later. But you know, he's going to have his hands full. But uh, you know, I, I think the potential is there if, if they can get the right pieces around him and get him in the in the right system, just kind of like what what BYU did. He's got the potential to really light it up. Tanner Mangum flying co-pilot with me today, having a lot of fun here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Jeremy tweets in, hey, since you're at the warehouse today, my wife and I are probably stopping by tomorrow. Do they deliver? We can make that happen. We can work that out here at the warehouse. Come on in and talk to the guys. Tell them you heard it here on The Zone, and they'll they'll take care of you for a pretty sweet deal. Tanner, we talked a lot about Zach Wilson and the NFL and the Jets. Or we're going to get into the Jets uh, next segment and what it looks out for looks like for Zach. But you're an NBA guy. You like basketball. Oh, absolutely. Who, who was your team growing up? You're an Idaho kid, so I, I know I'm gonna get a lot of oh no, a don't lot say of, it. a lot of hate for this. I grew up in Idaho. We didn't have a sports team. Don't say this. Oh, where you going? We've not talked about this, and I know what you're gonna say. I am a huge LeBron James fan. Oh, well, that's better than I thought you were gonna say. Were you thinking? I thought you were gonna go straight Lakers. Okay, as a kid, I loved Kobe. Yeah. Well, I, that's you can love Kobe and still hate yeah, the Lakers, yeah, I, right? I, I was I wasn't. <laughs> 
like a diehard Lakers fan, but I loved Kobe. I mean, I was more of a players guy. Like I loved Kobe. I loved LeBron. I still, you know, still do. My dad grew up in Salt Lake City, though, so he was a big Jazz fan. Okay. So in 1998, I, this is my first ever NBA memory. Was watching the 98 NBA Finals against the, the Bulls Jazz, and my brother brothers and I we we loved MJ, and so we were stoked when he hit that game, you know, that that last shot. But uh, my dad. <laughs> I know it's I'm it's, sorry it's, I asked. it's it's painful and I, mean, I hate to be saying this on on, on air but uh, I'm just I'm just speaking the truth but you know so but but at the end of the day though I you know ever since coming to Salt Lake or coming to Utah for school I cheer for the you know I root for the Jazz like I, I want them to do well I'm, I I support them. I'm not I'm not like a fan that's gonna be a diehard but I got a lot of respect for him. The peanut gallery yelled you're fired, so uh, I don't know what to tell you about that. But that's fine. You didn't my one, up my one and only show on 1280. You know what, though? I will. I, I kind of – so my cousin grew up uh, just outside of Anaheim, and everyone that he grew up with was huge L.A. Lakers fans. Lakers, Dodgers, and but mm-hmm. he bucked the trend and cheered for the Jazz because we li- our, his cousins lived here and the Jazz were good. And So I kind of respect people that – don't go with what you're quote-unquote expected to go mm-hmm. with. You being a Mormon kid growing up in Idaho with ties to Utah, you were supposed to grow up cheering for the Jazz. Very Tanner. easily could have. I think that that's like in the Bible somewhere, so you gotta you got to <laughs> reread that thing. But the Jazz have a huge showdown tonight with the Phoenix Suns. And, uh, oh, Dan tweets in and says, get Tanner off the show now. So that's, <laughs> I don't know what to do. You're calling from my head already. But you you are cheering for the Jazz tonight, I understand. Absolutely. Uh, the Suns are almost fully healthy. I think Jay Crowder is questionable with an ankle sprain. Meanwhile, the Jazz are without Donovan Mitchell. They're without Mike Conley for sure tonight as he nurses a hamstring. Royce O'Neal, last I saw, is questionable with a, uh, a dinged-up wrist of some sort. And, of course, Adoka Azubuki is still out as he uh, was lucky lucky to keep his leg after the injury he had earlier this year in the G League. So the Jazz with the number one seed staring down the face of ten games left, one tonight, and the Suns with the number two seed. It's kind of been almost accepted like the Suns are going to take over the Jazz for that number one seed. I don't know where you stand on that, Tanner, but any time – things are expected in the NBA, I tend to raise an eyebrow and go, well, let's hold on a second and see how this thing plays out. Because even though the Jazz are going to be down Donovan, uh, uh, Mike, and possibly Royce tonight, they still have a roster of, of shooters in Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, and George Niang has really made himself a bona fide outside threat. They've shown all year long that they can play with any combination of guys. That's something that's been impressive about the Jazz is that regardless of the lineup that they go in with night in, night out, they find ways to win. Even when they've had some of their stars out, they still look like a really sharp, polished team. But I think it's going to come down to consistency over this last 10-game stretch because at times the Jazz look like by far and away the best team in the league. But then other nights they you know, they, they lose three games to the Timberwolves this season. <laughs> weird. And so yeah. it's, it's been a little bit of a weird kind of up-and-down year. But overall, no NBA team is going to have a perfect season. Every NBA team is going to have – good nights and bad nights overall the jazz have been very solid with or without their stars and i think i think they rise to the occasion tonight especially with this huge matchup with number one seed on the line so let me ask you uh, something that's always bounced around in my head you played for bronco mendenhall i did bronco mendenhall it, it, you know in my time covering byu sports when it would come down to that game against utah these big matchups 
Bronco Mendenhall always told us in the media that it's just another game. He had that <laughs> approach. I have to believe that behind closed doors he was different. He, he was, he, but he didn't make it life or death, right? So when you've got this big kind of matchup tonight between the Jazz and the Suns, it seems to me like the fans and the media are all up in arms over this one seed, but the Jazz are kind of like, no, we just want to keep getting better, and if we win, great. If not, it doesn't decide anything tonight. In terms of Bronco approaching that rivalry game, what do you think is the best way to mentally prepare yourself for what is really more than just another game? I think Bronco and Quinn have some similarities in the fact that they're both very cerebral, uh, very highly intelligent. And, of course, they might give those, those, uh, those types of, of answers. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to the players, every game means different things. Uh, every game matters in a different way, especially – a game like this, which for the Jazz and the Suns, there's almost kind of a bit like a baby rivalry that's formed. I think especially with the Donovan, Devin Booker comparisons. Yeah. There's always on Twitter, there's always a lot of banter back and forth of who's better. Um, but for the players with this type of number one, with this number one seed on the line and this type of matchup, I mean they're they're stepping up. You know they 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 know they have obviously there's 72 games in a season, but this one they're they're um, you know they're gearing up for this one and. Um, We'll see how it plays out, but I know for sure, just as a former player, whatever sport it might be, when you have a big matchup like this, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna step up and you know and bring everything you've got. Yeah, and it's it's like I understand that it's a really big deal to be able to say we were the best team in the NBA regular season, we were the best team in the Western Conference, we had the number one seed. As you look back in history, as a fan, you look on this season. But if you get to the playoffs as the number one seed, but everyone's hurt, what good is that going to do you? What 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 really are you hanging your hat on? There's something that doesn't ultimately matter. The Jazz sometimes get some shine for hanging division banners uh, in, in uh, the arena, and how that some say that looks a little small time or whatever. While they're hanging division banners, the Lakers are only hanging championship banners. That whole thing, whatever. But if you're hanging a banner for uh, like like uh, uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County or whatever that was when they beat Virginia and they made a big banner. Mm. That's a little different, but it's like, okay, what does that really do for you? So health has to be the number one goal, right? The Jazz have got to get to the playoffs ready to go 100%. Well, I've been saying this all season long. As, as I watch, I'd say, man, they, they look incredible. They, they look, they're just you know the best that I've seen the Jazz play. But can they do it when it matters? When but when playoffs come, are they able to put this type of product on the floor? And if they're not healthy, they're not going to be able to. And so at the end of the day, of course, the health is number one priority. Uh, because, I mean, how disappointing would it be to have this type of season, breaking records, you know, one of the best regular seasons in Jazz history, but then to s- stumble into the playoffs mm. and to not be at full strength and to bow out early. I mean, that would just be a massive disappointment. So whatever the Jazz need to do to get healthy, they need to do it because there's. I think there's a. They've put. They've anointed you know themselves as you know, by you know just just by the way that they've played. They've shown that they have incredible potential. But if they can't get there healthy, then it, you know what's that would be. It'd just be a massive disappointment. Yeah, the, the whole season has been nationally and locally. You hear it a lot about the Jazz is, yeah, they've been great, but yes. what are they going to do in the playoffs? Yeah, they're the number one team now, but let's see what they do in the postseason. And right now for me, it's, yeah, they've been great. The but remains is the health. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they are good enough if they get to the playoffs healthy that that contender talk is not just 
local media shine yes. on this team. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I think when you watch them play, and you watch them play against the, the different top teams in the league and the way, they've, the way that they've competed and battled against the top teams in the league, they definitely have the potential. And, and I've never seen it from a Jazz team like, like this one. And uh, I've been really impressed with the development of, I mean, I think about Conley and the, the difference between his first season and, and this season here with the Jazz. Um, just really stepped up. I mean, for his, his first All-Star season in his, in his career, Rudy just continues to be dominant. Joe has just been in lights out and yeah. just, uh, at an insane pace. Uh, and then Clarkson off the bench. I mean, sixth man of the year, absolutely. They, they have incredible pieces. And then, of course, Donovan, you know. They're they're loaded. They they have a great roster. They they're well coached. They move the ball well. They just they play well as a team, and so you you want to see them go far. But I think, like you said, the kind of the uh, the Jazz mentality is yeah, but because I think Jazz fans have been disappointed so many times. There's been a lot of hope before, or potential sure. before, but it's never been realized. And so I think Jazz fans are hesitant to to go all in because they don't want to get hurt again. They're trying to protect their hearts. Um, so nah, they, don't so, do that. So they don't get heartbroken again. But I mean, I really think <laughs> the potential's there. And the Western Conference is tough, but they've shown that they can beat any team in the Western Conference. Uh, before we break, you mentioned you brought up Mike Conley, and just real quick, he is ha- uh, uh, nursing that hamstring, and that's one of those injuries. I think everybody has had one or has seen someone that has had one that can pop back up at any time. It's mm-hmm. it's very fickle. It's very uh, in and out with its uh, it, whether it feels good or not, and it can go real quick. But it's also one of those injuries that you could lie to someone about. He could lie to and say, no, nah, I feel great. How hard is it as a competitor, as an athlete, to be able to humble yourself and say, I need to sit out for a bit here? Oh, it's extremely tough. But I think, fortunately, Mike is a savvy veteran. He knows, this, he knows, how to, he knows his body better than anyone. And he knows the, the, the grind of a season. I, I think a lot of people don't realize how intense – a 72 or an 82 game season is. I mean, think about if you just went out and played a pickup game. <laughs> Not me, you. Let's start a- with you. I mean, anyone, <laughs> anyone p- p- playing one game yeah. is pretty exhausting. It's pretty, I, I get it's, winded mowing the lawn, Taylor. Yeah, it's so it's pretty tiring. And if they're playing <laughs> a full speed NBA basketball game against the best competition in the world every other day, I mean, your bodies are, are exhausted. Your bodies are tired. And and I, I don't think it's a surprise that with the shortened off season, a lot of players are hurt this year, yeah. a lot of injuries going on, and and so I bet. I, so I, that being said, Mike knows this. He he's aware. He knows how to he knows how to you know, the 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 load management type of type of deal. He's being smart with it. I don't think he's going to be the type that's going to be uh, foolish when it comes to pushing his body too much. He knows when, what what games he needs to take off because he knows the end game. He knows what they're going for. It's not about, you know winning every single regular season game and going 72 and 0 it's just about getting you know being at your best make sure making sure that your team uh is at its best but then getting to the playoffs healthy because that's where the jazz need to shine and so i think i trust i trust his judgment and uh and, and the team's judgment as well that they have the big picture in mind you hear from joe ingles a little later on the show as we get you ready for that big showdown tonight he is tanner mangum live here with me today austin horton at the warehouse 1825 south 300 West, we've got some piles of jazz gear. Come down, grab one per customer, please, and we'll talk to Clayton here in the next segment about the incredible deals they've got going on. We'll also touch briefly on the Jets and why it's the worst or not the worst place for Zach Wilson to start his NFL career next right here on The Zone.